welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. That is 28 years. Today's podcast is entitled, It's the Calories, Dummy. Before I get into that, let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group of Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow and they are top professionals. They have a great team and they are the leaders. What I think is the most cool thing about what they do is both of them have degrees specifically to business and real estate. And I just think that's so important. It tells me two things. One, you're a true professional. Two, you know what you wanted to do for a very long time. So they both exemplify that and I will put all of their contact information in the show notes. It's about the calories, dummy. Do you remember the political group? Uh, I forget his name, and you know what? Even if I remembered it, because now I think I do, wouldn't say it anyway because I hate to get political with stuff. People just ruin things because you mention somebody's name who might be in one party that you don't like, and the next thing you know, you're pissed off, right? It's so silly. So it doesn't matter, but it was a famous um, person who helped one of our former presidents with his campaign and he became very well known and he was supposedly uh, very good at his job helping people get elected and uh, the thing he was famous for saying was it's about the economy dummy is what he said to this former president who I guess was thinking about different strategies they needed to use to win the election and This person kept going back to that, and that became his famous tagline. So, obviously, uh, you know, saying, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with other issues that we all pretend are important, at least in regards to politics. He was basically saying, he's saying, you know, people really only care about their pocketbook. Kind of sad, maybe true, but... uh, In any event, in this case, he was absolutely right because they focused on the economy and won the election. And from what I always see when I follow anything around election time, that's pretty much the gauge for the most part. So anyway, there's that. So I'm going to steal that funny little line and use it with calories because I constantly see the debates mostly on social media I'm sure if there was a thing called a, you know, fitness bar where people went and talked about fitness and stuff, it would be all the rage. It probably does get talked a lot in the big health clubs that I just don't happen to go to. Not that I have anything against them. I actually enjoy them. But because I own my own little gym, so there's really no reason to, really no reason to. So the debates probably happen there as well. Um, sometimes I'll see it with clients a little not debating, but just needing a little more reinforcement or re-education on the matter. You know, there isn't anything more to weight loss than calories. I repeat, there isn't 
anything more to weight loss than calories, okay? It is about the calories, dummy. There is nothing else that comes into play that will change that, all right? Meaning, if we need to lose weight, if we want to lose weight, we have to eat less, okay? Eat less. I am talking weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain. It comes back to calories. So calories are simply short for kilo calories, and it's a unit of energy. That's what calories are, a unit of energy. How much energy do we need to maintain and move our body through a 24-hour time frame? Okay, that is what calories are. That's all they are. They're energy. All of the macronutrients have their own division of calories or energy. Carbohydrates have four calories per gram of carbohydrate. Protein has four grams of carbohydrate, four calories per gram of carbohydrate. Fat has nine calories per gram of carbohydrate. So, uh, yeah, for, per calorie, sorry. Fat has nine calories per gram, okay? Protein, four calories per gram. Carbs, four calories per gram. So, as you see, fat is simply more efficient in how much calories are stored in a gram of fat, which is why, you know, everybody said, well, don't eat a lot of fat because you can get fat. Well, in a way, there's truth to that simply because fat has more calories per gram, all right? So to lose one pound, we need to create a deficit of 3,500 calories, no matter who we are. That we know. All of this stuff has been measured in science. People like me, exercise physiologists, we study this all the time like you don't know how much we study calories like obsessively study calories not just in this instance but like for fitness and like metabolic calculations for cardiorespiratory endurance and like calories are used for so many different studies in fitness it is the measurement of energy in the human body and we're kind of obsessed with energy right so we deal with it all the time we've known this forever. And I know, you know, the play devil's advocate for you, you're going to say, well, that's not true. Experts all the time are changing their mind on what makes people lose weight. No, they're not. Okay. Real experts absolutely know how people lose weight. What you may be talking about are different trendy fads or celebrities that are talking about something, but they're not experts. And a lot of times the loudest voices with the most money behind them are going to get a lot more popularity, a lot more ads, and a lot more money behind them to talk about. And the real experts most of the time are sitting behind the scenes going, well, I guess if somebody asks me, I'll tell them. So it's not that they're you're being told different things all the time. It's that you're being victimized by marketing, which I'm sorry, if you're an adult, you should know better by now and learn like what's right, what's not right, who to listen to, who not to listen to on that. 
there was a, uh, a study done. I used to teach this to my students, and it's actually pretty alarming. And it was more of a survey, but you know they turned it into uh, an exact number of what percentage of people were going to take the advice over a super fit celebrity. I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody like the the uh, singer um, R&B guy Usher, who's you know very talented and all that, and he had a great physique. It might have been him, I don't know, but he like always was shown with the shirt off a lot, and he had the nice six pack abs and all that. So him or somebody like that versus a expert, a PhD guy who didn't look very fit, the majority of the people even knowing the situation of credentials chose the usher person, you know, and I'm not saying to be disrespectful, like I said, I'm just not sure if it was usher, but they chose that person. So it shows you that like, we're not the smartest of the species out there, right? We get told, oh man, you know, this guy, has spent, you know, over 10 years in college studying this very specific degree and he's really obsessed with it and and loves it. And by the way, I'm not talking about me. I don't have my PhD, Um, you know, but we're not going to listen to him. We're going to listen to this guy who just genetically looks good and he works out. We're going to listen to him instead. You know, and you're, you're shaking your head going, I would never do that. Now, you do it all the time, okay? You do it all the time. You know, every time you see your coworker who you think might be more fit than you, you're kind of doing that. So it's not that we don't, it's not that we experts change the information. It's that the marketing are putting different spins on different things out there. You know, that's what they're going to do. All right. We live in a capitalistic country. That's what's going to happen. Love it. Don't love it. Not the point. Only thing you can do about it is educate yourself a little bit better. Find out who the experts are. Okay, so it's about the calories, dummy. So we're talking about weight loss, weight gain, weight maintenance. And as I said, so if you create a deficit of 3,500 calories, you're going to lose one pound. Okay, so over what? Well, it depends. If you if you cut that by say 500 calories a day, okay. 7 times 500 is 3,500, so you will lose one pound in a week. If you create that deficit of 1,000 calories a day, which is the most we experts state you should do, you'll lose two pounds a week. Fact, absolute fact. If we were to put you in like a metabolic chamber where we can measure everything and all that, you would see that to be true. Now, you have to understand that that's a deficit from what you need. Most people don't know exactly what they need. There are ways to measure that. One of the best is trial and error. Figure out how many calories get you losing a pound or two pounds or even a half a pound a week, whatever you're shooting for, and figure out what that point is and then go for it. You know you can measure your basal metabolic rate. There are calculations you can use. But you can find it or you can get really, really darn close, okay? So you have to understand it's a deficit from what you need, not just a deficit from what you're currently eating. I laughed because I I remember working with somebody and they were a physician and I really was just like, I was like banging my head against the wall going, what don't you understand? Like I couldn't get them to understand that they cut back, they were cutting back, I think it was either 500 or 1,000. It was one of those you know, typical benchmark numbers from what they were eating. So I'm not losing weight. I'm like, well, you can't cut back 500 calories from 3,000 calories. 
just because you were eating 3,000 or whatever it was and think you're going to lose weight. I mean, you're going to gain weight because that 2,500 calories or whatever it was is more than you need. Like, well, I cut back. Okay, but it sounds like you got to cut way back from that. And it was just hard to get somebody to, and other people to understand that it's not cutting back from what you're eating. It's cutting back from what you need, which is probably why weight loss is so difficult and the majority of people fail because it is not easy. It's very simple, but it is not easy. Okay, it's very, very hard. I was just saying this to a friend and colleague of mine the other day. I said, you know, it's kind of like that saying, good is the enemy of great, right? So it's my experience that when somebody is down and out, and we're talking weight loss, like they are morbidly obese, they are unhealthy, they're getting bad labs back from their doctors, their doctors are telling them, look, you are very high risk right now. Okay. That person is desperate. That person buckles down, not always, but more times than the quote unquote good person. Okay. They put all they have into it and you start seeing great success and they only kind of start to fall off when they hit a plateau and that's when they're most vulnerable, but they're going to do it because they're desperate. Now, we don't see in my industry too many of them. That's kind of sad, right? Like I'm not saying personal training is the best um, venue for them. I don't think it is. I think weight loss strict programs are psychological and sometimes medical based, but those are what are best to lose weight. Okay. So I'm just saying it's sad that we experts don't come across as many because I just honestly think a lot of them give up or maybe they go too far to the medical side, which isn't good either or can potentially not be good. But what we do see is the quote good. Okay. The person around 15 to 30 pounds or so overweight. Now the problem with that is nobody really notices that much, but them, they know they might pull their shirt down lower. They might buy a size or two bigger in clothes. They know they're not happy but they're not down and out. They're not distraught. They haven't hit that point where they're like, oh, so-and-so is calling me fat, which isn't good. I get it. But you know, if you don't think morbidly obese people don't deal with that, you're wrong. So or their husband maybe isn't, you know, telling them they're going to divorce them, which I'm not saying you should. I'm just trying to give you examples of, you know, um, those types of things. Or the wife isn't, you know, telling them they're going to divorce them because, he's overweight. Like none of those things are happening. They just, they just feel overweight, but they're not like in major distress. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, guys are worse because guys can get away with a lot more obesity in culture than women can. So, you know, um, again, it's huge generalization. If you're pissed off and you're a dude out there and you don't like what I said, you can email me if you want. We can argue, but most likely I'll just ignore you. But <laughs> get over it, buddy, because I'm a guy too. All right. Um, but it's true. You know, guys don't deal with it as much and they're even tougher to work with because the bottom line is, you know, we have norms, whether we like to accept them or not, or whether we, you know, are um, thinking we should be beyond that or whatever. Well, there are norms out there. And, 
guys can get really, really overweight and maybe not morbidly obese where their health's impacted, but really overweight. And they're not seen as less of a shining star. You know, they're just, you know, oh, they used to be this athlete, but now they're overweight. No big deal. They're not feeling overly distraught about it. And people aren't judging them too harshly. Ladies, on the other hand, women, on the other hand, you know, will experience this a lot more. I mean, maybe times are changing, but they're not changed. They haven't changed a lot in this regard. And so they are going to be more socially ostracized more if they're overweight and considered to be, you know, less desirable, so to say. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. There are norms out there. So because of that, in a way, that's like a blessing in disguise because they tend to get after it a lot quicker. So I guess what I'm saying in many words is women are more vain. And that's not such a bad thing. I got some vanity in me, and I think vanity can be a good thing. You know, I think we all really desire to feel better and look better, and just sometimes we're just more willing to do more about it than other people. Um, so, but we still run into the good being the enemy of great because if they're 20 pounds overweight, and you start saying, okay, so I have this new meal plan software, I'm going to send you your diet, which is going to get you into the shape you want to be if you follow it. And that is a huge if. And then I send it. Now I send it to the morbidly obese person. They're on it. They are on it. Send it to the good person that's maybe 15 pounds overweight. And I already start to get a million excuses why they don't have to follow it to a T. And, you know, and when you're not going to follow something to a T, you're pretty much not committed and you're really not going to reach your goals. And those are the most exhausting people to work with out of any people that come to personal training because they are never happy. And we get a lot of those. Like that's common in the personal training industry. Not so much us, thankfully, because we kind of weed them out with what are your main goals? Because if it's weight loss, that's more about diet. But it's common for trainers to get that and they're never happy. Like they're always that lingering 15 pounds over which you look at them and go, ah, I mean, I don't see it. You know, well, I don't think you're that overweight. You know, you're passing all the tests, da, da, da. You're fit. You can run a 5K. You can play tennis. You can do all these things. And they're like, yeah, but I got this. And they grab their stomach or they grab their butt. They grab their thighs. And okay, well, you got your meal plan. Yeah, but it's like, mm, okay. Like they're just, it's so frustrating. But when somebody's really, really, really overweight to the point of illness, they jump on it, okay? So that's one of the hurdles with the calorie thing. Like, it's true, but you got to do it, and it's work. So a lot of people then will just go, oh, well, I don't know. I heard keto is good. Or I'm going to do the Whole Foods 30. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like all these different meal plans, all these different diets, I should say, not meal plans, all these different fad diets, all this way of eating. Oh, I heard so-and-so does the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I heard so-and-so does paleo. Okay. Oh, I heard so-and-so does ketogenic diet. Oh, okay. You know, it's like all of these meal plan diets. God, I almost said it again. All of these fad diets are based on calories. Like, it, it comes back to calories. Like, there is not a food group that needs to be eliminated. And there is not a food group that needs to be emphasized. It's calories, dummy. It's calories. If you don't believe me, don't listen. It's calories. And if you choose a certain style because it psychologically works better for you, great. 
But what I see most of the time is people don't do it because they kind of want that two or three day vacation of I'm going to do this next. I'm going to start keto on Monday. And then they're doing, you know, paleo and then they're doing vegan and they're just moving all over the place. Right. And they're not really doing it any other than any other reason than to kind of delay the inevitable that they inevitably know they're not going to do. And I know that sounds horribly cynical, but hey, I've been doing this a long time and that is what it is. All right. Um, so, you know, so it is all about the calories, but this is why so many times people fail on it because they don't dive in. They do it for a bit and then they don't because they don't want it bad enough because they're not a bad enough problem yet. All right. So now that I kind of got that out of the way, let me also clarify something else. It's all about the calories dummy, but there's a difference between weight loss and health. One of the things that like gets our goat in our industry is everybody says health and fitness, health and fitness. Okay. Those are two different things. Okay. Fitness is the ability to do different activities. Health is the absence of disease. Those are two different things. Do they go together? They can. And I would say most often do, but they don't always go together. There are people that I know that are healthy that aren't overly fit. What does that mean? It means that their body weight's in good order. It means that their blood work comes back good. They have good blood pressure. They don't have any osteoporosis. They meet all the tests. Their heart is in good working order. They are healthy. Say, okay, Jane healthy, jog a mile. They can't. Why? Because they're not fit. They're healthy, but they're not fit. Can you be both? Of course you can. But you're not automatically one because you do one and not the other. All right? Like, all right, well, tell me an instance of somebody who's fit that's not healthy. See it all the time. The absolute worst case scenario I can mention in this case would be, say, exercise addictions or bulimia, anorexia, eating disorders, right? (coughs) Excuse me. They can be extremely fit to the naked eye, especially in the case of bulimia, not so much anorexia, but to the naked eye, you're not going to know they're not healthy. You're going to just see this fit person, right? And they're not healthy. I mean, it's sad. I've had clients with some of these disorders, both anorexia and bulimia and exercise addiction and uh, addiction and binge eating. That's different end of the spectrum, but it still could be very unhealthy. They could be very fit, very fit. And you're not going to know. And they know. So they're not the same thing. Or there can be somebody, and this used to happen more in the 70s, but it was actually very common. Runners that smoke. Yeah, runners that smoke. Take what you want, you know, decide what you want about smoking, but the evidence is pretty clear. It's the number one preventable cause of death in the United States, meaning that it's preventable. You don't have to smoke, but smoking is the number one leading cause of um, lung cancer and heart disease, stroke. So it's preventable, right? So you're not healthy when you smoke. Sorry, people, you're not, but you might be fit. You might not be the greatest runner in the world, but you might be pretty good. So you can be both. They're not the same thing. 
So the point of this is that, yes, it's all about the calories, dummy. But at the same time, of course, there are calories that are better than other calories as far as your health goes. If you eat a ton of sugar and white flour products and things that turn to sugar very quickly, hence a high glycemic index, you're going to be constantly overloading your system with insulin, which could lead to um, type 2 diabetes potentially because you're going to become insulin resistant if you continue to flood your body with insulin all the time. Your cells don't recognize that insulin, and all of a sudden, your insulin resistance, which is what type 2 diabetes is, that can happen even if you're not overweight. It's not as likely to happen, but it can happen, okay? Don't get carbophobic on me. I said sugar, okay? It's not about the carbs, dummy. It's about the calories, all right? Now, what about fat? Same thing with fat. If you eat too much Fat studies have shown that you're going to increase your LDL cholesterol and you're going to increase your triglycerides, which are your blood fats, which can potentially increase your risk of heart disease. Okay, so there is that as well. What about protein? If you eat too much protein, you can actually put a lot of strain on your kidneys. So we don't want to do that. And all these people, not all these people, but so many of these people are out there pushing these high protein diets. Okay, it's really hard on the kidneys. So we do have to eat in balance. And we do want to try to get a lot of our calories from phytochemicals, which are vegetables. Those are the chemicals in the, in the leaves and the flowering part of the vegetables, which are known to be very good for you. A lot of fruits and vegetables also have antioxidants, which are known to be very good for you. So yes, we want quality calories, but that's because of our overall health that we're trying to attain, all right? But as far as weight loss and weight gain and weight maintenance, it's about the calories, dummy, okay? It is what it is. Okay, so now I wanna thank our second sponsor, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos of Ormond Beach, Florida. She's a graduate of Palmer College, and I know she's going to be coming on the show here in a week or so. We're going to interview her. We refer to her. She is great. She is a doctor of wellness as a chiropractor, really preaches and teaches what I believe to be the right things, and she's an avid exerciser and very fit herself. All right. So I will put all of her information in the show notes as well. Until next time, be max fit and be max wealth.